0: guys just wanted to let you know that we call the sensitive topics of depression and eating disorder in today's episode so if any of these topics are a trigger to you then please feel free to click off the episode and tune in next week. We also wanted to let you know that we are not professionals so if you've experienced anything that was mentioned in this podcast then please feel free to look at the helplines listed below. To the Female Fit Podcast. Um, so we're on episode four already. Today we're kind of going to go over mental health again because we're obviously trying to stick to that topic the past couple of weeks. And we're going to take a different approach. I'm going to almost be interviewing Lauren. So Lauren will tell you obviously more in detail as we go through the podcast. But Lauren suffered from depression earlier in her teenage years. So I'm going to take the interviewer style and she's going to take the interviewee style i'm just going to ask her some questions and it's going to allow you to have like a bit of an insight onto how it affects a day-to-day life um like how she coped with it what she did and like how she's overcome it just so we can like make more people aware that it's more common than you think it's nothing to be um, ashamed of um if someone's in that stage right now, like how they can overcome it, what they can do, how it's different to every person. So, Lauren, do you want to start off and just explain to everyone, like when did you realise that you had depression?
1: Yeah, so I, first of all, it was signs of depression that happened first before actually being diagnosed with um, an eating disorder. Um, So I was 12 years old when this happened. And I think a lot of people listen to that and think, oh, my God, that's really young. Um, But just to, like, really keep it brief, um, there were a lot of things that happened uh, earlier on in life. um, And then, obviously, my parents divorced. And there was quite a lot of things that happened that really impacted me. um, And it kind of led to, you know, feeling depressed feeling like I didn't have anything in my life, feeling like I had nothing to live for anymore, which sounds quite a lot for a 12-year-old to have those uh, thought processes, but it happened. Um, And I think that's why, again, it's so important to make this awareness because it can happen at any age. Um, So yeah, it was around about 12 years old that I started to have these um, kind of depressed, uh, depressing kind of thoughts um, and yeah was just overall experiencing um signs of depression
0: and i think as well like when i first heard you say 12 years old i was a bit like that's quite early but i also think that when you're younger it's hard to compartmentalize the things going around you yeah. so like if there's different life problems if your parents are divorcing it can seem like the world is like crashing down around you because mm. If that's something that you learn to like deal with as you get older, you learn to um almost like yeah, deal with certain things around you. So it is a big thing for like big life events to happen when you're younger. Absolutely. So yeah. you said that you um started, started seeing signs and symptoms. What would you say were your like the biggest things that made people realise that you might be depressed or made you realise that you might be depressed?
1: Yeah so I think the problem is right um so I noticed the signs of depression first before I did the eating disorder because I didn't personally think there was anything wrong with what I was doing with not really eating I didn't you're a kid you don't really see it as an issue Um, so obviously a lot of people around me were more concerned about the actual eating disorder side of it which is why it drives me mad when people think anorexia is just, oh, they just stop eating. There's so much more to it. Um, it You know, it comes with depression. It comes with, um, I even had um, like voices in my head. Um, it was a really, it, it's as if to explain it as best as I can, it's like, there's something else inside you that's controlling your thought processes and what you do and you do some crazy shit like you literally are in such a dark place um but i going back to the actual question so i knew i was having um those kind of thoughts um and i'm very open to talk about it now and i do my best not to get upset about it but it can get Quite, can be an emotional kind of conversation. Yeah. I won't cry because I have Absolutely. makeup on ready to go to uni. <laughs> um, but yeah, I used to, um, I started to have suicide thoughts. Um, I, and it was that was coming from a feeling of that I really wasn't needed to be around. And because there were so many arguments going on at home and there was just so much going on around me. It just felt like every day was very bitter. And I just thought, I don't need to be here. Uh, There's literally no purpose for me in life whatsoever. Like all I was doing was school and that was it. I was a very active kid uh, when I was a lot younger. And then that all kind of stopped when I went to secondary school, like I had nothing. Um, and I was very I was still into sport but I had no sense of direction I had no like I had no real desire to do anything Um, and I just didn't feel like I needed to be around and that consumed me so much to the point where I'd be walking to school and this sounds really sad but I've become very strong at talking about this now Uh, like I said before but I would there's a big bridge that goes over a um, dual carriageway um, that links my village to another village that I went to school with. And I can't tell you the amount of times I'd walk across that bridge and I would just stop. And I used to think like, yeah, one day, it, you know, if, if it, this gets any worse, I'm just going to I'm just going to jump off Um but I could never bring myself to do it. That was the thing, I could never, there was always something that actually held me back from doing it. And because that happened, I was, I then turned to not eating and it was kind of like, I knew it's this sounds awful, but I knew I was still killing myself, but it was obviously a slower process um, where I didn't ha- actually have to physically do anything other than just not eat. Um, it's really weird I know Um, but again it's important to talk about this because this is what happens sometimes you know with people that um, have depression unfortunately it can lead you down the dark road of actually wanting to take your own life Um, but I knew that's when I was having depressed having those kind of thoughts Um, you know like I knew that's when the depression was starting when I started to feel like life wasn't worth living if that makes sense yeah and that's so sad to
0: come from such a young age. Mm. Like, it's obviously sad for all ages. I'm not saying it isn't, but you could have been walking to school and no one would have had a clue yeah. what your thoughts were. No. And um,
1: it just, yeah, it just puts things into perspective, like you don't know what someone else's life is no, like. absolutely, absolutely. Because, so, yeah, my friends around me wouldn't have, known because I I tried to still stay happy and smiley however I thought they didn't know but you know eventually they did because I would I'd never wanted to be in photos I was very obsessed with um how I looked I know yeah it the the people could definitely tell I thought they couldn't but they definitely could
0: yeah but sometimes people can't and I think People forget that, don't they? As they well. like, do, yeah. So many people that are like, but they were always happy, they were always positive. Yeah. And that's something you could put on as a show. Like, I think about it this way. There are days where everyone wakes up feeling gross or feeling down or feeling mm-hmm. a bit ugh or feeling tired. And they go to work and they put on a face and they're like, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I'm good, I'm good, because it's yeah. just one day. Yeah. However, some people do that every day every day some
1: people
0: yeah, wake up every day feeling like just feeling awful and they'll put on that brave face and they'll put on a smile just to keep others happy
1: mm-hmm.
0: so that's where it comes in that you always need to check in so
1: absolutely
0: did was it that your you told your family these thoughts or your family approached you because as you said you thought that they didn't really notice but yeah, so how did it go about? Did you guys, did you go, guys, this is what's happening? Or did they come up to you and be like,
1: Lauren, yeah. we've noticed? So they actually, I had to, no, sorry. They actually noticed. Um, and again, this is what I meant, you know, at the beginning um, when I said, you know, <sighs> people normally notice the eating, because as you said, you can put on a brave face, People don't always detect depression. It, it's something that's in your mind. Whereas an eating disorder is a physical thing. Your body changes. You lose weight. You look ridiculously skinny. Um, you look dangerously skinny, actually. Um, I didn't realise until I look back at photos and think, my God. Um, but yeah, it was... So nobody... People knew that there was something always up. But they just assumed I was just being a bit mardy. or well, you know, it wasn't until I started to lose a lot of weight, um, and it was actually at school noticed it first. They noticed that I wasn't eating any lunch. Um, it was school friends basically said, Lauren keeps skipping lunch, um, and then they called me in, and um, I was you could tell actually at this point because I would uh sit there and I would be it's not in my nature to be mega rude to people um and I'd just sit there and be like I don't know what you're talking about there's nothing I was quite rude to some of the teachers um and they knew like this is completely out of Lauren's character um so they contacted my mum and then People at my mum's work that hadn't even seen me but heard my, like, about my behaviour at home and stuff in terms of um, being very argumentative, um, not wanting to be in family photos or not wanting to have dessert and stuff or even eating anything at Sunday lunch and always saying that I was on a diet and things like that kind of. My mum would obviously talk about it at work and then they. Uh, I think a woman approached her and said, look, my daughter had an eating disorder and depression before. Um, It sounds like your daughter's going the same way. And I really recommend you get help now um, before it's too late kind of thing, because I think people forget this as well, but you can die from eating disorders. You can obviously depression. You can sometimes go down the route of, like I said, uh, wanting to take your own life. So it's very important that you get help as early on as you can. Um, so my mum one day without me even knowing I thought I was going to school and she took me to the doctors to obviously go and be weighed, have my blood tested, everything. Um and yeah, it it really came down to in terms of the depression side of it, you could tell by my behaviour. Um I didn't I sat there for the whole doctors meeting, didn't speak a word, and that's when they were like they took my weight anyway. And they were like, right, she needs to go and see a specialist, like, this week. Yeah. Um, and then it was just a downward spiral from there and just got worse and worse. Um, which I'll dive into maybe a little bit later, um, if a appropriate question kind of comes out um, for me to answer it in that way. But, yeah, long story short, from that point onwards, everything doctors advised, I didn't do. Um, and it just like i said before because it got to a point where i would, um i wasn't even allowed out of the house i had um i was being monitored every single day so i couldn't physically actually go and give myself the opportunity to try and take my own life um because you know i wasn't going to school anymore it was the summer holidays um so i was always being watched I was always being monitored um and yeah so it from then onwards, it was, uh, you know, it was kind of like, oh, I'll just turn to an eating disorder then. Uh, but that doesn't mean that, the de- you know, the depression definitely got worse with that as well.
0: Yeah. Because what I can take from that as well is like, yeah, at the age of 12 and 13, um, things you were saying were like, didn't want to get into family photos, uh, didn't want to eat at lunch or be in Mardi. People could mistake that for, just a teenager absolutely, going through yeah. teenager like tantrums, yeah, and because it happens to so many people, hormones start raging. Like, especially when I think when males, well, you become a whole different person. So, absolutely, that could have disguised it for ages. Oh God, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And it sounds like you your you and your mom didn't really have a big conversation about it until you ended up at the doctor's. Yeah, yeah. Which I think personally you might think completely different, but I think that was a good call from your mum because if you'd had that conversation, you could have like gone, oh name my mom sign and like she gone, okay yeah. 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 And keep pushing it away and away and away. But going to the doctors and hearing it from a professional is what I think is quite important. So absolutely. Yeah. With it going to the doctors and seeking a professional did you go through therapy so did you sit and have like one hour conversations with a the therapist or how was it that you got treated professionally so I'm not on about how you coach yourself no, how, no no yeah what was the treatment process like
1: absolutely yeah so I'll start from the beginning with it actually so straight after that doctor's appointment they sent me to a specialist where we... Uh, we didn't travel too far, actually. I believe it was probably about an hour away from here or something like that. We had to go to this specialist mental health kind of clinic. And we went in and um, I... My dad joined us about my... I've said before, my parents divorced, but he came along as well. And they took us into this room and this was the process. So um, I was in a room with two um, medical um, mental health kind of nurses and then that were interviewing us and then we even had people sat behind a mirror you know like the windows that are look like mirrors but there are people sat behind them listening in oh
0: like in an interview yeah. room so i
1: felt i make it sound like it was prison it was a lovely room i'm not making it sound like i was being Uh, investigated but they they were they were investigating the issue because they need to have more people's opinions to decide whether it's an eating disorder or not it's not just one person's decision um so it's taken up by quite a few um doctors um so that and again that whole interview i didn't i barely spoke i barely barely spoke um and i kind of got forced to answer questions with being, I say I was kind of threatened. It wasn't. Um, I, I make it sound like it was an awful. I mean, obviously at the time it was awful, um, but I look back and like they had to pressure me to ask answer these questions because otherwise, you know, I, I could have. It could have escalated even. You know, I wouldn't get the help yeah, I needed. Had, they had your best interest at heart. Absolutely, yeah. So they asked me all of that. Then they went into. Um, so then I went away. I felt like nothing was wrong, but there that day they actually diagnosed me with uh, an uh, ugh, oh my gosh, I can't get my words out anorexia nervosa, um, and with depression as well. And I then went for my first straight away. I went for a kind of I had to go for a checkup nearly every day for the first few weeks, um, and then. Um sorry, no, I went for um checkups once to twice a week until it escalated really bad and I literally had to go in every day. Um and then they it got worse and then I had to go for more testing and was basically told that if I carried on without being in hospital I would only have two weeks to live. Um so luckily I got the help I needed um at the time um but in terms of the depression side of it and the help, I did have like um therapy kind of sessions every week um I, I feel like I even had them twice a week because obviously this was like a good six to eight uh, maybe even eight years yeah ago. what age are you now yeah it would have been eight it been eight off. years ago so, so you're 13 yeah yeah so, so
0: it it's been about a year since you started experiencing signs and
1: symptoms yeah 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 Yeah. so um yeah so that's why I might struggle to remember a few things but no (laughs) so I'm I'm pretty certain it was I went in at least twice a week to make sure that I was okay and mentally stable um and they basically run through loads of different questions make sure that you're um they really try to hit deep with some of your deep um dark thoughts and i won't discuss them because they are very private but i did have some extremely dark thoughts way too dark for than you can imagine for a 12 year old to be thinking yeah um, and i remember actually getting them out and then i'd cry my eyes out because it was kind of a relief that i was able to talk about it um but yeah your mind is just in this dark phase for the every single hour of the day even when you go to bed at night and it was just nice to be able to actually get it out so that's why you know talking can be a great tool um to you know if you're offered that help and you should go and get that help um but I don't know if you've got a question later on about this but I feel like doctors nurses psychologists whoever you go and see there's only so much they can do and it is hugely on your behalf and what you can do to get yourself out of it because I know people that have received help but they've they've still got problems um where I still have now and again but I know how to control them way better now
0: yeah definitely I was going to say like there's only yeah as you said there's only so much other people can do it's you can only change if you want to change it comes with any disorder I think it's not just depression and anorexia like you can be told this, this, and this, and this, but if you don't want to change yourself personally you're not you're not going to you're not going us. to absolutely because there's nothing that someone can say or do to you that makes you go, "Oh yeah, you're right actually i think yeah. it's, it's obviously a mental disorder it's all within your head mm-hmm. absolutely. so We are at the stage now where you've been to see the professionals you've seen the doctors you said that you're basically locked away in the house Mm -hmm. so it just shows how how bad this got for you like at the age of 12 13 that you of a summer you can't go out the house Mm -hmm. how would you say it affected your day-to-day life and I don't mean you had the dark thoughts I don't mean oh well I had to do this go to therapy I have heard things where people don't want to have a shower how don't want to brush their teeth uh, what little day-to-day things did it affect for you?
1: Well, mine was... So, I didn't have an issue with getting a shower or getting up out of bed. Like, I still did those things. Um And I still woke up early. I still, you know... um I still did things. But I think the most thing that affected me most was I was kind of... T- my freedom was taken away. I wasn't... When I did go back to school... um I wasn't allowed to go on my own. I couldn't walk on my own anywhere. In fact, I wasn't even allowed to walk. This is how bad it was. I had to make, they were adamant that I got the bus or my parents dropped me off um, because I was too weak to even walk long distance. Um, So yeah, no physical activity for a whole year. That was taken away as well. Um, What else? Um, The freedom of kind of, yeah it was just a whole sense of freedom like I always felt like someone was watching me make sure I was okay um after I'd had a shower and things like because I experienced blackouts quite a bit because my blood pressure was dangerously low um as soon as I stood up out of a chair or stood up out of bed I mean still get them now um but I, I put that down to something else um but They were really bad back then. As soon as I'd get up, I would go blind for a good minute. um, And sometimes it'd make me fall over. I'd feel dizzy. So whenever I had a shower, my mum would always be there making sure i get out and I'm okay and I'm not passed out in the shower. Um, I feel like my grandparents as well, because in their time when this kind of thing happened, you were kind of told to man up and get... Shit, does oh, make
0: yeah, better. Yeah.
1: So my grandma understood eventually when she she came to the doctors with me to get my blood tested, and I actually passed out when I was having my blood tested because I was really weak. Um, and that was kind of a warning, like to her, like okay, this is fucking serious. Um, but my granddad never really understood it. Um, so I was prescribed these, like I think I think they were called forty juices, where they've got like between three hundred to. You can either get 300, 600 or 900 calorie drinks. Um, And because I knew what the calories were, because obviously you do look when you have these illnesses, you're not stupid. um, I would tip them down the sink and replace them with water. So it made it look like I was drinking them. And that's why the doctors always thought, well, why the hell is she still losing weight? Because I wasn't drinking them. Um, yeah. And my parents had to pay for these drinks and they're not cheap, they're really expensive. Um, and yeah, the uh, my granddad, if he ever caught me doing it, would get really angry or he'd sit there and watch me drink it so he knew I was drinking it. And I know they, now when I look back at it... I'm like, okay, thank God they did that. But obviously at the time I used to think I was going through absolute torture. So that was kind of like my everyday life, kind of how it affected me in, in that yeah. aspect.
0: So a lot of it sounds like the, what affected you the most was people trying to take care of you. Yeah, but because you don't realise. At, at the time, yeah, you don't... At the time, I'm guessing that it just sounds like, oh, everyone's on against me everyone doesn't want me to have freedom everyone wants me me to down these drinks and I don't want them yeah people won't let me do what I want to do but Mm -hmm. as you've grown older it clearly sounds that like that's just them looking after you absolutely um so we'll just round off with how long and I'm not saying that everyone comes out depressing. as you said you still have moments when do you think that you, like, how long after? So you started at 12 years old. Yeah. How long after do you think that maybe you've come out of the the vast of it? Like you're you you better now. Your anorexia is not completely gone, but yeah, you're a happy, healthy person again.
1: Yeah. So like I said before, some people never fully recover, and I think that's really sad. But What I will say is there's no real time on it, but I think what really... What I meant before in terms of, um, you know, it's not always about the help you receive, it's helping yourself. So, actually, I mean, before I say this, I don't mean everyone has to strive to be an Olympic medalist or has to strive for these crazy big goals. Like... If that's what you feel brings you back to life again, like hundred percent, go for it. But even if it's just something small that you makes you feel worth living, like that, if you focus on that and you just fly with that, you can get yourself out of a dark place. So, for me, my mum, um, I'll quickly tell this story because I don't, you know, it brings me happiness when I tell it, and I know that it's helped people before in the past that, that have had depression um or eating disorders or any type of mental health illness but my mum it was when I was told that if I carried on the way I did I'd only have two weeks to live um and the doctors allowed me thought it would be good for me actually to get out and do something try and do something um and my mum because i had a love of horses from a very young age as well i didn't have my own horse at the time uh but my mum decided to take me to burley horse trials but again i couldn't walk i was in a wheelchair um and i just had to sit in the wheelchair and watch i don't know what it was that day but a f- like something went off in my head that was like so it was the 2012 the olympic games and i was like I want to be an Olympic athlete, it just literally was a switch in my head, I went from feeling really dark and like, oh my god, life's terrible, I don't want to be here anymore, to I want to be an Olympic athlete, and that was my medicine, I just went, I made sure, I think I went home that night, I started drinking my 40 juices, I did everything the doctors said, and then obviously, I eventually recovered, Uh, actually, before that, my dad thought it was a good idea to not buy me a horse but we had one on loan so it means someone else owned it but I just went and looked after it and did all the hard work but he went and did that but I had to have my friend my best friend Emily came to do all the work for me and I had to just sit and watch still um but that was my motivation to get better it was like I've got to get better so I can ride Hazel um so I got better obviously long later on down the road I went and did amazing things with riding. Didn't quite turn out the way I wanted it to. I didn't quite make it to the Olympics, but I've digressed. I've gone on to um, a sport that I feel like I can really excel in now, bodybuilding. So a bit of a difference, I know. I've told that before, but that's kind of how it happened. You kind of dig yourself out of your own grave and you get yourself back up. That's way more... I feel that's way more beneficial sometimes than actually receiving help. Like, absolutely, initially go and get that help because they can help you on the road to recovery. But in terms of getting yourself back on track, in terms of really loving life again and having a um, high sense of well-being and, like I said, yeah, just loving life, you've got to find that thing. I mean, it can be anything. It can be, I want to go and be an Olympic, Olympic athlete. It could be... Um, one of my friends, I won't mention a name, but at school she had severe depression um, and I think a family relative had just uh, committed suicide and she was very down um, and she was amazing at art, absolutely amazing at art. And I just turned around to her and I was like, she opened up to me and I said, honey, and she was good at music as well. And I said, you can't go because your artwork is amazing and your music is out of this world and you need to be around so people can see and hear this, you know? And obviously I went in a bit deeper with that, but she absolutely thrived off that and she's doing what she loves now. And I'm not saying it's all down to me at all, but my point is it can be something so small or something so big that really gives you a lot of uh, happiness that can get you out. So I think that's kind of what determines your road to recovery and how long it takes so for me obviously it was quite quick a quick turnaround so I probably had you could say that I had depression and anorexia for about a year to two years but then I've kind of like within a few months it was like oh Lauren's now riding horses and going winning trophies and and rosettes and everything and it's like it's like what the hell you know and it what was really lovely actually was recently I'm I mean I'm not starting this what I'm about to say off lovely but I was at my granddad's funeral blessing this year and um back in January and um I'd just met up with a few relatives that I'd not seen for years and um or ever met before but they knew I had anorexia And my dad's girlfriend actually said, um, they were showing pictures of me at the amateur Olympia and they were just saying like, isn't it amazing that she went from anorexia to this? And they're like, that's just such a nice feeling. Like, oh my God. Yeah. You know, so you just have to find that thing that gives you true happiness and just go for it, you know. And that can be, even if you're in your darkest day or even if you're, um, you know, even if it's, you feel like you've not got a lot going on in your life right now and you feel you have got uh, very mild symptoms of depression. Like, you can get out of it by just channeling your energy into something that you enjoy, 100%. Yeah,
0: I really like that. And I, that's, I think, that's an amazing way to finish this almost conversation is there is always something that you can bring to the world. You might not yeah. know it, you might not think it. Like, at that point you thought, oh, there's nothing, Until you saw those horses or until that friend realised it was her artwork, there's always something that you can bring to the world. So I think yes. that's an amazing way Absolutely. to
1: finish this conversation. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. So we're now going to move on to the Q and A section that we put on our Instagram of the other day. Um, so our first question is: How do you get yourself out of a funk? So I guess they're trying to say during this lockdown, you know, if you're having a day where you're feeling like you're a bit down, how do you get out of it? Britt, do you want to answer this one?
0: I've had a few of those days lately. So (laughs) I, at the moment, I'm just trying to refresh. I know there's not many places you can go. I know like quite a lot of people are stuck inside, but I feel like it's good to just change things around. So if you've been sat at your desk, in your bedroom for three days doing uni work move to a different table move somewhere else or if you've been sitting in like a messy room clean your room just do something that almost like refreshes or restarts your day or like that period of your life mm-hmm. and I feel like that's how I get myself out of that funk
1: yeah I think I'm the same to be honest I think in terms of like yeah with me it's kind of if I'll put music on maybe, I'll put good vibe kind of music on, I'll probably yeah, try, try and do something I enjoy, um, I haven't really got any drawing stuff with me but I do now and again like to draw, um, I don't know, something like that or if I'm if I'm in a bit of a funk and I'm like oh I don't really want to work out but I know I'm going to feel good once I've done it then I'll just get it done anyway. I, yeah. just get, I just don't even think about it. I'll just get my ass in the conservatory to do a workout. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's the answer to that one. Um, next, we keep all of these questions anonymous, by the way, just in case there are ever any personal ones. But if you're listening, obviously, you know you asked it. Um what exercises can you do if you have no equipment? So I'm going to let Britt answer this as well, because Britt's actually a PT or about to be qualified. Which level is it? Level. I'm,
0: I'm a level two and I'm, a, I'm on my level three like cool.
1: course now. So she will be a qualified PT, obviously, at the end of it. So I obviously do have a bit of experience with doing workouts at home. So obviously that's what we're doing right now. Um, but I think it's good for because you don't have any dumbbells or barbell or anything do you i have
0: one pair of dumbbells one pair of dumbbells my what i do at home is a lot of i don't personally i'm not saying people don't shouldn't do this i don't use chairs i don't use different things like that to like give me levels i um will do hit workouts and bodyweight hit workouts they can be, put they can be really good for oh you, yeah so, i think yeah. they're definitely fun i find it very hard for you to do strength training with body weights because yeah, obviously this sure. you no. Know,
1: yeah
0: so yeah you can try and do like resistance band workout which is always good for some people but not for others yeah and well, you can try and do body weight exercises but i personally think that if you put them into a hit session they're a lot more effective yeah then so, imagine doing 10 squats hmm body weight normal time that's not i personally don't think that that's not going to get you anywhere really with no. if you're not doing it consistently and you're not doing it to a time limit and you're just doing it oh i'll just do 10 squats a day <laughs> there needs to be like yeah a time yeah, frame it to, time to it so sure. hip workouts i think are the best yeah, because yeah. it's you, you're doing cardio you are doing a bit of like strength training because you're doing sometimes you're doing ballistic training sometimes yeah. you're doing plyometrics. metrics yeah, so I would personally, if you don't have any equipment, you can make your own hit workouts if you want, but there are so many online that are so good. There are loads of apps that yeah, you have to pay for for certain subscriptions, but there are so many apps that are free. So I would just say get a mat out, get a timer up and do a hit workout. And yeah. as well, they're like they can be forty minutes long, they can be twenty minutes long. You yeah. can use what time you want. So uh-huh. My advice is uh, like a, a nice body weight HIIT workout. Yeah, yeah. Good. And if you want to go and run, you can go on a run, you can go on a walk. Walking's almost like a best form of exercise because sure. yeah. it's something that you can do during lockdown. It's something that's so almost relaxing. Yeah. I it's find a And I, I know that's you true. do,
1: Lauren. Yeah.
0: Get your steps in. So, um, yeah, walking, running, and hit workouts. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think with this lockdown, especially, because it's supposedly shorter than the first one. Um, just do what actually makes you feel good. That's what I'm doing this time. You know, like I did a lot of resistance bands kind of exercises last time, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm 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 they just make me feel really bored. And they can be effective, um, but I just I don't know, I'd just rather do a little bit of weighted stuff and then, because I have got weights with me, and then I'm actually going to um, start doing more hit stuff at home just to get my heart rate up a bit and maybe feel like I'm actually doing something uh, nah. and feel a bit more accomplished by the end of it. Um, but yeah, so that answers that one. I like this one. Any advice on healthier foods during lockdown to snack on? <laughs> Oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> See, the one that comes to my mind straight away is like, I mean, I know, I mean, some people snack on ice cream, but if you're wanting a sweet treat, I mean, as a student, Halo Top can be quite expensive or the low-calorie ice creams can be more expensive. But I just find if you really have it in a day where you're like, oh, I just want to smash a tub of ice cream, like, I would, I'd be more wanting to pay for something a little bit more expensive that i know is better for my body that i'm going to really enjoy because they do have some great flavors um compared to eating a thousand calorie tub of ben and jerry's
0: and there's not it's not just halo top i work at a little and this a
1: little do i know um, that's the thing now like actually yeah so aldi does their own kind of low calorie ice cream i think the co-op do which actually theirs is a brand about the same price as Halo Top anyway, and it's not as good. So I don't really recommend that, but hey. Um, but yeah, there's, there's lots out there now, and it's the same with like, um, I don't know, just, just any sweet treats really. Like crisps, for example, maybe go for a lower calorie kind of big bag of uh, crisps as long as you can control your desire to eat the whole bag. Um, but yeah, I think... There's so many different things you can get like just be mindful about when you're in the supermarket. One do not shop when you're really starving. That's just a No, go. don't do it. I mean, I, I don't, don't personally have an issue with that because I always get the same things every week and it's kind of like a system for me. I just know, okay, I need avocados, I need chicken, I need this, I need that. Like I don't ever pick anything up. I'm not like, ooh, biscuits, oh, what biscuits do I want? Like I don't even think about biscuits. I go in for certain things. But that's me. That's not everyone. Brit's sat there with a grin on her face.
0: Takes a lot more control for me, that one. Biscuits. I was like, I don't look at biscuits. I'm all right then. Okay.
1: oh my god i can't relate to people that much really
0: okay well i can so i'll give some have the identity
1: basically brit's just saying go for the biscuit
0: i am that person who eats chocolate and biscuits and snacks and i need to stop no oh, i don't need to stop That's you don't need to stop there's a difference no. between-
1: Eating the whole bag and having one or two and controlling yes. yourself. If you
0: want to have one or two caramel digestives, go for it. However, if you do want to have a healthy alternative, I have fruit. And I know fruit yeah, has still yeah. quite a lot of sugar in it, but it also has a lot of good vitamins. Yeah, exactly. And stuff. It
1: drives me mad when people are like, Oh, don't eat fruit, fruit's bad. And it's like, look, this is my one message for you guys to take away from this. Like, at the end of the day, everything is bad if you eat too much of it.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely you know i mean an apple think about i have like pink lady apples oh oh they taste like, they taste like they just taste like sweets
1: they
0: do to be fair smoothies smoothies are such yeah. it's almost like smoothies can be made if you want something like ice cream but you don't want ice cream make a smoothie yeah yeah me and my housemates almost like a couple of times we've done it so like it's very thick and it's almost like yeah, a smoothie so bowl just, yeah, yeah top it with a bit of granola
1: there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. You're away. So that's what you need to do, guys, if you're feeling like you need a snack. Or as Braden calls them, a snacky poo. <laughs> you are. He calls them snacky poos. We'll be in the supermarket, but obviously no one calls them that. And he's like, oh, I just want a snacky poo. And I'm like, Braden. <laughs> just like, We're
0: complete,
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So this last one, I feel like we've covered... A lot and it's kind of any more tips on staying motivated. I would highly recommend listening to our other podcasts, not just to give us the listens and to boost our ratings and whatever, but yeah, we have already kind of covered I think did we cover it in the first one? Yeah. Advice we did, yeah. on staying motivated <laughs> motivated during lockdown. Um I'm trying to think. I feel like, yeah, we've The
0: main things we've covered are Force yourself to do some sort of exercise. Yeah. Sounds like, oh, well, I'm going to force myself. But you feel so much better after. Go for a walk. I know it's winter now and I know it's getting colder, but in the daytime, it's like, well, it's awesome, isn't it? So it's at that almost like that really nice type of year where it's fresh and it's a bit chilly outside, but the sun's still out. The, I'm looking outside now and I can't see a single cloud in the sky. Mm. It just looks like such a nice day to go for a walk. So go for a walk. You can still meet people outside. So maybe meet a friend for a walk. Obviously stay within a social distance. Mm -hmm. Um, FaceTime people. Do things at home that you wouldn't normally do. So maybe have a quiz night with your housemates or your family. Go Mm -hmm. do a board game night. Just stuff like that.
1: Mm -hmm. To keep your days different. Absolutely. Yeah. Great way to end the podcast there with a few questions. If you do have any more questions, please do not hesitate to send us them on Instagram. Or we now have an Instagram page, which I don't even remember our name. Is it the female fit? It's the female fit. All right. There we go. You, you heard it from Brit. <laughs> That's the name. Um just in case she forgets, um, because she forgot to actually wake up properly this morning, so I just thought I'd add this on at the end. <laughs> um, Britt did mention that she will possibly slot this in at the beginning, but just to clarify, we are no way, shape or form, um qualified as well, professional psychologists. We're just two sport exercise science students in our third year. Um, that have gone through certain life experiences that we want to share on the podcast Um, if you do require any more um, if you do want to have any help in any way if you are struggling with depression or um, eating disorders Britt will probably put the information in at the beginning or I'll probably write actually maybe we could write some information in our comment section that would be good Um, but yeah Thank you very much for listening, guys. And we are excited to record another one next week. Thank you.